Hello, everybody, and welcome back into Talk Off. It is Tuesday, April 18th, and we are back for another episode. How is everybody doing? Jay, Chris, how are we? I'm doing all right. I have a little bit of an ear issue. That was my uh, that was my my medical issue. You have an ear issue? Yeah, I, I, it's it's one of the stranger things that I've ever had happen to me in my life. It's uh, what what so what the current situation is right now is every time I chew, I hear this like whoosh sound in my ear, like very faintly, and I don't know what it is. A whoosh. I don't. I don't know. I it's really it's like it's very like you can like barely hear it but it's just loud enough to be noticeable. I need I need more explanation than whoosh. It's like a Have you gotten your wisdom teeth out? Yeah. All four four time survivor. That's all I had. I don't know. <laughs> uh... It's really strange. And it's like I can feel it in my I think it's like I think it's fluid in my ear. Get the fucking turkey baster out and shove that shit in there. No, dude, that would hurt so bad. Dude, it works. I'm telling you. So I'm going to the, uh, the I'm going I'm going to see Doc on Wednesday. Going to the doc. Yeah, I'm going to see Doc. Oh, I fucking can't stand going to the doctor. It's such a it's know, such it's a so thing. Scary. It's such a like a like a, like oh I got to go to the doctor. Like you go. You know what's like, um. You, you know what's the, the worst wrong with you. And, there's got to be a better way for we're we're Zach. Can you confirm this fact for me that we are in the year 2023? True or false? True. There has to be a better way for them to test for strep throat than to shove something down my throat. I think there is. I got tested for strep throat like a couple of months ago, and I'm pretty oh, really? positive I didn't get anything shoved down my throat. Every time I've been tested for you know, Jake's face was like, what? Get me that test. I don't think no, so. Every t- no, because every time I've been tested for strep, I've had something shoved like, I feel like I've, I've, I've like, I come out of there like my eyes are watered. I look like I just like cried for three hours in that room. No, yeah, me too. Whenever I'm getting tested for strep, the doctor pulls down his pants and then. (laughs) (laughs) Is that why you were laughing? Because you. Yeah, I hate going to the doctor (laughs) because every time I just end up gagging. Oh my God. Okay. That was too much. That that was too much. That was too much. You know, I was actually, I was listening. I don't remember what podcast I was listening to the other day, but. I can't remember, but they were talking about how they wish that there was a doctor for everything. Just one doctor that knew everything. Dentist, mm-hmm. dentist, chiropractor, regular doctor, surgeon, all in one. Ooh, and I could just go see that doctor one time for like a full day and just knock everything out in one day. He'd be a very rich man. Yeah, but I think, yeah, I think like I wish that was a thing. I think I, I would actually. Cool. I think that'd, I would actually go to the that'd doctor. That'd be pretty cool. Then. I'd it just would, go. It would be, it would be pretty cool. It would. It would definitely save a lot of time, just to like you know, kill like five birds with one stone. But but I uh, guess we would probably have way less doctors then. It wouldn't make any sense. We would. We would have a lot less doctors. <laughs> I'm sorry, that. Threw me. <laughs> ow! Ow! Oh, I just ran my foot over with my chair. Oh. <sighs> 
can't. I just stand. ran my foot over. I just ran my foot over with my. Why do you have to chair. be so dramatic? It probably wasn't that bad. Relax. No, no, I I ran just my toenail no, over with the rolly part of my chair. Oh, that hurt. Relax, it's okay. See, see, if there was one doc, I could get the ear and the toe fixed in one shot. Hey, hey, thank you. That's what I'm talking about. One doctor for everything. It just makes sense. So Zach, I saw uh, a little news pre-show that I wanted to start off with today. Um, I don't know if you saw this. It, it was kind of recent in the news. So actually two things that came out today in relation to kind of shitty ball clubs. So the Pirates, so the stadium ushers, ticket takers, and ticket sellers at PNC Park are going on strike and they're picketing outside the Pirates' next home game. So essentially, like I don't know if the Pirates are going to be able to play a home game the next time they're in Pittsburgh. How are they going to get beer? Well, how are they going to get anyone in the stadium? Well, forget. Who cares about that? It's about the beer. Well, people who scan the tickets are going on strike. So forget so how, the beer. You're not even getting into the stadium. Yeah. Why are they going on strike? What's wrong, what's wrong with them? I think they hate ownership. For what? They're not getting paid enough? Uh, I Are they racist? I got I no, I don't know. I I haven't to be honest, I just saw the tweet about it. I didn't really dig into it, which I probably should have dug a little bit. I didn't bit I didn't even it. see this. Yeah, it came out about an hour and a half ago. Also, on the flip side, Oakland A's fans are having a reverse boycott where they're packing the Coliseum. Good. To show to show the team that the fans aren't the problem. It's ownership. I was watching That's way cooler. Did the the Mets just play the A's, no? Yeah. 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 I was watching yeah, the Mets game yeah. the other day. And they, someone was holding a sign. And it was like, don't blame us. Mm-hmm. Like a huge mm-hmm. sign that just said, like, don't blame us. And I thought it was hilarious because good. Fill the fucking Coliseum. I, would, I think it would be hilarious if this season the Coliseum was just filled to capacity. Maybe not capacity, but way more than it usually is. I highly doubt it's going to happen, but it would be so cool if they were just like, fuck ownership. It's not our fault. I don't know how far out in advance you'd have to plan a pack the Coliseum night because I had have to imagine it's going to take a little while for people to. Uh... Oh, June thirteenth against the Rays. Okay, so it's uh, it's a few months out, two months to be exact. That's two months. So uh, that makes sense. The A's fan base doesn't seem like necessarily one you can rally overnight to a home game. It would be pretty difficult to get everybody to pack the stadium in one night. Yeah, especially also, can we talk about the A's in general? Like obviously they need a new stadium, but how do they not have a railing in their dugouts yet? <coughs> oh, excuse me. Also, how is that allowed by Major League Baseball? I thought that I I'm, thought that that was something that they I don't know how that's not allowed. Mandatory. I don't know how that's allowed. I also don't know how you can have a bullpen on the side of the field like Tampa does. Fucking put a fence around it or some shit. It's so stupid that it's on the side of the field like it's so annoying. But like the Col- think, um, the Coliseum's the same shit. I think shit. San Francisco has that too. I hate it. It's so dumb and it's so dangerous so for no reason. It's so dangerous. But I don't know how they oh. get away with not having a rail. That makes no sense. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you've seen enough highlights of catchers or first basemen diving into dugouts. So I'm just surprised that they haven't. Uh, those are great highlights, though. Those are cool highlights, and but like at the end of the day, do you want? Tristan Casas running into a dugout and ending a season right now. Yes, fair. Yes, he might actually play better. He running into a dugout couldn't out. couldn't hit a beach ball right now. That would be the 
the revenge tour after getting going to the dugout. Slipping, slipping with some spikes on some hard Oakland concrete, popping up. I'm afraid of Oakland. Maybe he'll, maybe he'll then hit over his weight. Uh, he probably never will. Um, makes me sad. So Zach, today we'll start. We'll let's let's start off by recapping some games for the weekend. Uh, should we start with the Red Sox game today? Because I think today's Red Sox game might be my favorite overall game that happens all across the season of Major League Baseball. Patriots Day in Boston. This is probably the coolest game, and it's actually one of two games that are played before noon. Can you guess the other one? Uh, There's only two games played before noon throughout a baseball season. This is one of them. There's one more that's on a national holiday. And when you hear it, you're going to be like, this makes sense. I have no idea. Fourth of July? Yeah, it's Fourth of July. You know what team it is? The Yankees? No. Nationals. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, the Nationals play at 11 at on 4th of July in DC. I guess that which makes is sense. cool. I I mean I like this day for it's a huge day for Boston. It's obviously like very emotional day for Boston, but it's really cool that they play early and like they remember everybody. Obviously Sunday was way better because it was nice weather and they actually won. Today yeah, it was sh- a shit shit weather. Shit weather. It fucking poured, rain delays. The umpires were being assholes making the Angels take the field while it was literally downpouring, and there there was no more dirt. It was all mud, and it was all puddle. Shohei Otani was throwing warm up pitches in a giant puddle. And yeah, they that still video is pretty crazy. It that was, video is pretty crazy. There's like a, a clear puddle in his landing spot on the mound, and he's just walking around the mound, just having no idea what to do. The worst part about it is now I feel like he doesn't like Boston. He has made comments. That he liked Boston, he liked hitting here, but this probably just ruined his time here, and now we're not going to sign him, and I'm upset. We're out of the running already, and it's definitely – this ruined his experience with the East Coast 100%. He's staying on the West Coast, no question. He's going to be a Dodger next year. Life is terrible. Yeah, so I'm not going to take that approach to uh, to, to analyzing this, but I think I think one thing that the, the game could have – or I shouldn't say the game. The one thing that I, I I guess it's the home team that decides whether to take the field or not right before the game. It's home team and umpires. Yeah, but I mean they had an hour delay before the game. Right, but honestly, this is a game they probably should have pushed back to one o'clock, one or two o'clock, and played through. Because it just it didn't seem like anyone was able to get comfortable out of the gate. You had the weather delay, and then you had. The Angels with the pitch comm issue, and that was a 10-minute delay. And then, obviously, we had, what, almost a, a two-hour delay with the uh, second rain delay of the game. So it, it, was, uh, it was an interesting game. Some fans out in center field looked like they were having some fun, though, getting shirtless, drinking some beer, and uh, that was so rowdy. taking full advantage of the delay. So that looked rowdy as hell. That was so rowdy. I wish I was there. And the Sox almost made a little comeback. Almost made a little comeback, but I'm okay with dropping that game. We take three out of four from the Angels in Fenway. That's something that we needed after coming off a very shitty series. So we'll see what happens. It's if his, Again, if history repeats itself, we're going to get swept this series. So play the Twins, and obviously the Twins are insanely hot, probably the hottest team in baseball. 
just proving everyone wrong. I, I just I just think it's it's crazy what the Twins are doing, especially everything they went through in the offseason, ending up with Carlos Correa after doing the whole song and dance with him going to, you know, New York and San Francisco and yeah. he ends up back in Minnesota for less money than he probably would have if he just signed right away. And I I think the Twins are just benefiting. They they also extended Pablo Lopez within the last couple of days, four years, $73 million. Maybe a little too much money. I think it's a little too much money, but it's not the point. They locked up Pablo Lopez. They need an ace pitcher to lock up someone who's going to eat innings, and this guy's out to an insane start, and the Twins are out to an insane start. Sonny Gray finally figured out how to pitch a baseball again after – four or five years finally figured it out again a long stretch lopez doing well lopez is looking great the hitting's looking great a lot of young guys stepping up and you know the twins are looking really good probably one of the hottest teams in baseball besides maybe the brewers or the rays obviously when i first saw the pablo lopez deal for four years 73 and a half million i i immediately was like holy shit this is a really bad overpay but at the end of the day i don't really think it is after thinking about it for a little while because one, it's going to take a guy a little bit of a premium to stay in Minnesota for certain parts of the year, so I don't blame them for having to throw a little bit more cash at him to, to keep him on the roster. But also, like you said, the guy's got a sub-2 ERA to start the season. He's pitching well. He's pitching to what we think is a potential for Pablo Lopez. And you got to remember, Minnesota gave up the reigning American League batting champion and Luis Arias for a guy like this. So obviously, Minnesota is pretty high on Pablo Lopez. So it makes sense that they would go out there and kind of throw the kitchen sink at him to make sure he stays a Minnesota twin. Yeah, it it makes sense for the twins. It's a great deal on both sides. I I think the twins are really going to benefit from this, having a little bit of pitching depth for the next four years. And we'll see how it goes for them right now. It looks like they're the team to beat in the AL central with the guardians, not (laughs) playing as, as you put on sunglasses inside like weirdo. The Guardians aren't playing as well as the Twins right now. The Twins came out hot, and if they can take that AL Central, they could be inter- – oh, double sunglasses. Okay, interesting, interesting. If you go triple, I'm going to lose this? my mind. Holy shit. Holy shit. Why do you have so many sunglasses? I don't know. I was just thinking about that. I just opened my desk drawer because I wanted to find uh, something to dick around with in my hands while I was uh, talking, but uh, I ended up pulling out three different pairs of sunglasses. I feel like I need a fidget spinner while I podcast. I know. I just need something to kind of just toy with. Yeah. But yeah, no, this is this is a great start to the season for Minnesota. What did you think about those Carlos Correa comments where he was kind of saying that Yankees fans' booze are like fueling up gas in his Ferrari? I mean, I think he's he's kind of right. The Yankees fans, Yankees fans are only booing Carlos Correa because he's not their shortstop and they want him to be. I know they do. Every Yankee fan wanted Carlos Correa in this offseason. Everyone. Well, everyone thought they were going to get him this offseason. Yeah, and, and they didn't, and they're all fucking butthurt about it. That's why they boo him, and because he was an Astro, but that's why they boo him, and because he fucking tears them apart, and he did yeah, this, we he keep, did again in this past series. Before we keep trashing on Yankee fans, let's, uh, let's, let, let's add two notes. One, Garrett Cole. I think this might be the first complete game we've had all season. Uh, Sandy had one of his second start. Okay. Um, Complete game, two hitter, one walk and 10 Ks for Cole. 
in my opinion, Cole's probably the best pitcher in the in in the game right now, and I don't think you can argue that. Hundred uh, percent. A hot start to the year. He's got a sub one ERA. So it, Garrett Cole's living up to that three hundred million dollar price tag right now. He's no longer you can no longer use the chirp of uh, Garrett Cole three hundred million dollars for a three ERA. A hundred percent. And the Yankees is I wanted to talk about the Yankees next because. The Yankees are in an interesting spot because Garrett Cole is pitching like he is paid to pitch. And like he's, he should. He's pitching like the best pitcher in baseball, like he's going to run away with the AL Cy Young and he's going to strap the Yankees on his back, which is what he, we have been talking about that he's going to have to do for the Yankees because, again, they're fighting more injuries. Stan now is on the IL four to eight weeks. That's going to be another hit in these in these Yankees lineup, and they're going to have young guys stepping up again. Peraza and Cabrera are going to get more starts. And those are guys who are, are pretty hit and miss. They were last year and then kind of are this year when they're back up. So losing Stan in that lineup is going to be huge. But having Garrett Cole at the top of this rotation, just tossing gems every five days is going to keep the Yankees afloat for long enough for their guys to get back. And then they're going to hit the stride. I also think they'll probably go get an arm. There's no Probably no question that they're going to go get an arm at this deadline. Yeah, after that early season debacle of a trade that ended with, uh, I I don't even know what the guy's name was. Who did who did they get? Oh, what the oh um, Colton Brewer, the guy who just or whatever. Yeah, yeah, so bad. <laughs> the moron who just gave up nine runs in in the first inning to the Twins. So the Yankees are definitely going to be in the market for an arm within the next two to three months. Honestly, Zach, like Zach Allen could be a guy that they call too. I think Zach Allen's going to be the hottest arm on the market come July. And I'm really high on him for that. I still don't understand. I still, he's going to be a diamondback. I don't think they will deal him ever. I, I think otherwise. I think Zach here's here's the, here's why I think, I think if there's, Teams like the Yankees or teams like the Mets who are seriously who they seriously need an arm, and the Mets call you with Vientos or Mauricio, that's going to be pretty hard to turn down for a guy who's nearing thirty, and your window is probably not going to be in his prime years. See, but I think that the Diamondbacks think that their window will be in his prime years. It's definitely it's there's there's you could easily make the argument both ways in my opinion. Yeah, I just think that they really like the solid core of young guys that they have in their system right now and about to come up that they're not going to move off of Zach Allen because with him and Merrill Kelly at the top of their rotation, they're always going to have a solid one-two punch. Yeah, so we'll we'll have to wait and see. I I think Gallon will be a someone who's going to be talked a lot about at the trade deadline, whether that he is actually moved or not. But it'll be interesting. Like you said, the Yankees are probably going to need an arm. The Mets could probably need an arm. Hell, the Atlanta Braves could even use an arm. I mean, they usually have guys go down with injuries halfway throughout the season, especially in the pitching staff. And actually, speaking of pitching staff, Max Fried is coming back. He's being activated off the IL today. I don't know if you saw that. I did. It's good. It's It's good for the... For the Braves, they absolutely need it. They're they're a team who honestly always has problems in the pitching staff, and their pitching staff does have a problem with staying healthy. But the good thing about the Braves is that they are so deep 
especially in the pitching staff that they have so many guys that can step up and like I, I we always talk about fucking Mike Soroka just because the one year that he had that was incredible and like I always bring him up when we talk about this Braves rotation because he's like their sixth starter like when they need him but he had that one right. year that was just incredible where he had like a sub three right yeah so like speaking this team of, is so deep of, yeah. so deep you know I hear you speaking of starters who uh who sh- who are aces of their team? I guess Manoa. You can make the argument is the ace of the uh, of the Blue Jays. But I want to talk about Sandy and Manoa, two guys who are off to a rough start. Alcantara, uh, he's he's currently boasting a five eight ERA, which is not very Alcantara like. Then you go over to Toronto in the six for, for Manoa. Over four games this year, a six point nine ERA. Hey now. Baseball is hard, man. And like Manoa, I think and I remember we were talking about this a week or two ago, Zach, when I was saying that I had con- serious concerns that Scherzer was not handling the pitch clock well. Manoa is a guy who looks really uncomfortable with the pitch clock. Yeah, Manoa is a guy who, honestly, if you read anything on Twitter, if you read anything on Twitter in the off season about people in the major leagues who were due for major regression this year, Alex, Alec Manoa was number one on almost everyone's list. Everyone said that last year was the fluke year and he just pitched very well and his stuff just wasn't looking as good in the offseason. It didn't look very good in spring training and it's not looking good to start this year. He does not look like the Alec Manoa of last year. He doesn't look comfortable up there. And all if you look at all of his his pitches individually – there, every single pitch is a mile per hour or two down from last year. His spin rates are down. Everything that could go wrong is going wrong for Alec Manoa, and that is terrible for the Blue Jays because they need him because Barrios sucks, and if Manoa's going to suck, then Gosman is really all they have because Yusei Kikuchi is not and Bassett is off to a horrific start. Exactly. So that that pitching staff in Toronto is going to get really thin if Manoa can't figure it out. He also looks really fat. Yeah, that was some that was some heat that Anthony Recker caught earlier in the year. I don't know if you heard that about that preseason. I think so. Yeah, Anthony Recker pretty much was like, "Get in the gym, bro," and everyone on Twitter. Hate he should. Him a lot. I mean, he. He looks fat as fuck. I mean, I guess he did last year too, but he probably just looks fatter because he's playing worse. Yeah. No, I hear you. But Alcantara, I don't know what's going on with Alcantara. Yeah, him too. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with him. He had that one great – his second start was great, and you know, I thought that that was going to be like, okay, him. he's hitting his stride. The first start was just you know, first start jitters. He got through the second start, complete game, had like a four hitter, no earned. And like the Philly start was the only real one that was to me was a disaster. The Philly start was a mess. Yeah. But he's still just I think doesn't I think between the Philly start and I think he pitched one more time against I'm drawing a blank exactly on who they played, but I, it, he was close to 13 earned in 10 innings, which is a nightmare for a guy like Alcantara, especially if you're a Marlins fan, kind of banking like the cornerstone of your franchise on a guy like this. 
especially after trading Lopez last in the off season, like you yeah. gave up pitching because you they were like, "Yep, we're good with pitching," which they really are. Like he's gonna figure it out. It's still early in the season, but they felt like they were so comfortable in the pitching that they were comfortable enough to trade Lopez for a bat. And obviously it's the right move because the rise is hitting like 500 still. But if Sandy is not going to be Sandy, now that trade looks a lot different because you're, you lost so much pitching and Sandy's not that guy. Now you got Jesus Lazardo and that's pretty much it. Yeah, this is uh this is looking like a, a kind of an interesting trade now from the Marlins' perspective. Like, yeah, you have a guy in Luis Arias who is hitting the cover off the baseball right now, but at what cost? Like, you you essentially don't have you lost a massive part of your pitching depth for a guy who essentially, yeah, he's producing offense for you, but for for what for for Lazardo to go out there and give up five earned or for. Alcantara to give up 13 earned in his last 10 innings. There's no true anchor right now on that Marlins rotation and it shows in their record. Yeah. I mean the Marlins, let's just say it. Howard, they fucking suck. They suck. Right. They suck, but they, but they don't suck like, like in the other years, like the past years, the Marlins have been just a pushover and they shouldn't really be viewed as a pushover anymore. I think they have pitching that they sh- that they ha- the pitching that they have if they are at their best that this then this team shouldn't be a pushover be- just because their pitching will hold them down. The lineup is the lineup is just like l- who cares? And the- Luis Arise like you would say or right, let's just pitch around l- l- like we let's just pitch around on Arise just like the Nationals last year you could just pitch around Soto before he got traded to the Padres. They just pitched around Soto. That's why he walked so much because there was nobody else in the lineup that they thought could beat them. But you don't have to pitch around Luis Arise because he ain't going to go up there and hit a homer. He's just going to keep knocking singles and be okay with it. So they don't really pitch around him. So he's going to keep getting hits and everyone else is going to keep fucking sucking. And that's what sucks. If you're a Marlins fan, I feel really bad for you. But Joey Wendell is terrible. Jazz Chisholm, the move to center is not working, and it's reflecting it in his batting. Sandy is not it right now. The only person who's hitting for them is Luis Arise. Like that, that's it. And the only person pitching is Lazardo, and he's not really off to that great a start. So they got a lot of problems. Yeah, and a lot of a lot of time to figure it out too for Alcantara because. Uh, that Cy Young season was not a fluke last year, but man, this is a uh, this is quite the hangover from from a guy like Alcantara. Uh, going, I kind of want to talk about the Pirates for a second, Zach. I know we talked we talked about them to start about how everyone, exclu- well, probably the players, fucking hate ownership, but uh, McCutcheon, McCutcheon's off to a cool start, and that's that's good for baseball, in my opinion. I told you when he signed, it's it's it feels right with Andrew McCutcheon on the Pirates. It feels like. That's how the league is supposed to be. He's supposed to be on the Pirates. So 14 games this season, 310 batting average, two homers, 11 walks, three steals, 970 OPS. I wish he grew this massive dreads back. This is the McCutcheon. I know. That'd be so that sick. would be true. That'd be that would so be true sick. MVP McCutcheon time. It would make me feel like a kid again. What was that, like 20, I, 2013? 2013, yeah. Maybe that 20, was when, 2014, something like that. 
that was when like Starling Marte was coming up on that team. They made the wild the, the Pirates made like what, sneaky wild card games back in the day. They were like, sneaky I could, good. I remember, nah, they were sneaky good. Just good enough to like get into the wild card, but like never really passed. Yeah, they had. A- you want to know the most random? Like, you know how you're watching 2013 baseball is when you watch the highlights and it's uh, Pirates Reds in the wild card round. Mm. That's weird. That is weird. It's not gonna. It, maybe soon. Five, five more years. Maybe ten. Maybe more. The Reds got some amazing prospects coming up. I, you know, I think the Reds are an interesting team because they have the pieces. Like, I like Jonathan India a lot. Uh, I think Hunter Green has the potential to be a really good major league starter. Dude, their pitching staff, their pitching staff is so young with Hunter Green, Nick Lodolo, and then they have Graham Ascraft now, who has just yeah. come out and become amazing. And that's like, they a, have some really good pieces. It's incredible. They have Hunter Green, who's just going to go up there and just blow 103 miles an hour right by you. And it's just right. so talented. Yeah. And then they have Lodolo and Ashcraft that are just such great pitchers. They command the strike zone very well. They hit their spots. They get weak, weak contact. That 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 pair is just is so good. Yeah, it's t- it's tough to judge Green because everyone expects a lot out of him, but he's only twenty three years old. Like he's not going to go out there and pitch to a reasonable ERA at twenty three years old while he's still trying to figure out the league. I mean, this guy didn't really, he hasn't spent much time in professional baseball in general. I think under five years. I know he came right out of high school, but he had Tommy John not too far, not too soon after leaving high school. Yep. He got, it, it's, he's still young. And that's the best part about this Reds team is that they're so young. There's so much room for development. That's what I'm saying. Five years, the Reds are going to be. I think in like three years, we're going to see the Reds how we see like the Diamondbacks this year. Mm-hmm. And then in like five to seven years, the Reds are going to be like a playoff team. I, I really think so. Yeah, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be shocked. Speaking of a team that's absolutely terrible, the Detroit Tigers. You see, uh, Miguel Cabrera hit hit the weakest walk off single that you've ever seen in your life. Yep. I, I, I said it last podcast. I it's he should have retired. It's just it's not fun to watch. He's like kind of past the point of where it's like a like every every player like of his like stature gets a really cool send off, but like at this rate, it just feels like he shouldn't be playing anymore. That like teams are probably not going to give him like the David Ortiz, Derek Jeter kind it's of just like, goodbye. Like last year, it's the same. I feel the same way about Wainwright. I feel like he should he should have went last year because Yachty went, Pujols went, Wainwright should have went. Yachty was. I think. I mean, I think Wainwright should have played World Baseball. I think he should have like ended everything at the World Baseball Classic. I think that would have been cool. Agreed. Agreed. If he wanted to play the World Baseball Classic, good for him. But, like, he did not need to come back this season. He should have retired with Yachty and with Pujols. And I just put Miguel Cabrera with them because he was part of that era of baseball. And he's just, like, he's too old. He's too fat. He can't move. He he can barely hit. And it's just, it's sad to watch. Oh, we have breaking news. Jake, do we have like some sound drum roll? For drum roll, Jake. Breaking news. Guess, just guess which one it is. You can do it. Yes. Yeah. Tatis is at Peco Park and is going to remain with the team for the remainder of his three-game suspension. 
I just saw that actually. I did just see that. So too. Tatis after fucking up some minor leaguers the last like week and a half. Last night he had three home runs. And I don't know if you've if you saw those videos of him playing in the minor league games. Um but he was just he just did not wear the team's helmet. <laughs> He's I, I fucking hate him so much. I'm not. He I just him. decided to wear the pot like his his major league helmet down in the minor leagues. He was like, I'm playing for whatever team and what what's the what's their triple A affiliate? I have no idea, honestly. Let's look it up. Um, the El Paso. Oh, Chihuahuas. Chihuahuas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he did not. He's not a chihuahua. Wear their uniform. He just decided to wear his Padres gear. I hate him so much. Pants, helmet, pretty much everything besides the jersey, which you have to wear the jersey. He's such a loser. I'm, I'm like that. Actually, like makes me so mad. He's such a fucking loser. So I know we want to get into NBA talk quick because we're going to do a, a playoff picks and preview. I do want really quick, Zach, before we get into that, I want to talk about this past weekend series with the Mets. Escobar hitting like absolute dog shit. It's I think he's time. hitting under. I think, I think he's hitting hitting under one fifteen. It's a tough start because I actually really like Escobar. I think he's I think he's like a really good guy, uh, but he's not producing. So it is. So what time it is, is it? Brett Beatty. It is. It is fucking Beatty time. It's Master Beatty time, baby. Woo! I'm gonna fucking Master Beatty all day today. Okay. Stop. Come on, man. Just, just, you just, like, you just, you always do it like one more. Like, Why? But it's, it's, but it's funny. It's, it's a play know, on but words. Like, but like, it, it was funny, like, when you did the one. But the second okay. one just didn't need to happen. So the, the Mets, the Mets played some pretty good baseball in Oakland, uh, Friday and Saturday night. They looked like a bunch of morons Ooh, on Sunday. We, beat, we basically, A's. Escaped with, uh, we really escaped with a, a win on Sunday. But Pete Alonso hitting the shit out of the baseball, eight home runs, major league leading. And I'll tell you one thing, my MVP future, I'm really happy with that bet right now. I think it's because I think Pete Alonso could win MVP. He just has to keep playing well. You know, he can win MVP too. Like, what, what do you don't, you don't think he can win MVP? I think so many Why? people have to have a, so much worse season for him to win MVP. You know the guy can hit 50 home runs, though. I think he could hit 50 home runs and and 100 and have 120 RBIs and still not win MVP. Wow. Really? I think someone can have worse number stats than him, and they will win over him. So his rookie year... Played 161 games, 53 homers, 120 RBIs, and he finished seventh in MVP voting. Let's see. Do you know who won the MVP in 2019, Zach? In the National League in 2019. Cody Bellinger. That was 2018, I thought. Uh, No, 2019. So uh, 2018 was Yelich. Okay. So Cody Bellinger had an 8.6 war that year. I think a lot of that was defensive. I mean, he did have 47 homers and 115 RBIs and hit 305. But I don't think it's I don't think it's an unreasonable thing, especially for Pete, who has improved 
massively defensively. I think I think he has a decent shot at at the MVP this year if he can get close to that fifty number. I think I think he doesn't win the MVP if he doesn't come close to that fifty number. Though I, I will think, agree with you with that. Like I think he's he has to hit 50. if he wants any shot in the running, he's going to have to come close to fifty. He, I think he has to hit at least fifty. Which he which he we we know he can do. He's done it before. He can absolutely do it. But I just think like he's gonna have to hit fifty. He's gonna have to have one hundred and twenty RBIs, and the yeah. Mets will probably have to win the division. The Mets will probably yeah. The Mets will probably have to win the division, and he'll probably he'll he'll have to hit at least two ninety. Yeah, and I'm not saying that like this is it's a perfect bet, but a lot of if a lot of things fall in the spot where they're supposed to, uh, it could be an interesting um, an interesting uh, bet down down the line. Interesting series for the Mets coming up. We face. Uh, we have an interesting matchup on. I've I gotta stop saying fucking interesting. I've said it like five times in the last minute. I've noticed that uh, we, we both say it like a lot. Scherzer and Syndergaard Wednesday night. That's interesting. That's really fucking interesting, especially <laughs> for Noah, who he kind of sucks this year. Honestly. Okay, I don't think he sucks, but like they weren't. Think... They're not really expecting him to. They don't. He doesn't have to be good. No, but I mean, look at—I mean, a year ago, the guy wanted damn close to twenty-five mil a year. Oh, I, I understand. Now he's pitching to a five-six ERA, zero and two, three games. He's not really making it past like the fourth or fifth inning in games. So. Do you ever understand? Do you ever realize how much harder you on how much harder you are on people who used to play for the Mets? Yeah, I mean, I'm harder. I'm hard on. I'm pretty hard on guys who play for the Mets right now. I mean, no, I'm just saying, like, like there's other, like, if Noah Syndergaard started his uh, career with the fucking Blue Jays mm. and had the same career that he had on the Mets, but on the Blue Jays, you'd be talking like, yeah, it's Noah Syndergaard, whatever, who cares? He's fine. Well, I mean, he have... was legitimately like a very good pitcher. No, I know, I know, he was legitimately a, a very good pitcher. I'm just saying you hold him to a higher standard because he was a Met. Yeah, that's true. But I think the same could be made for like any team of any any fan of any team. Okay, you can call me out next time I do it. I'm trying to think of some of time of a time you've done it. Yeah, exactly. Well, I know you have done it in the past. I'm just trying to just it's okay. To it's okay. It. It's okay. It's okay. All right, so should we get into some NBA talk? Let's do it. Gentlemen. Lemon. We have our N- our official NBA week. insider, also known yeah, as the only person that me and Chris know that actually watches NBA day-to-day. This is true. This is... Uh... This is this is actually for this for Lemon to join us today. This is our our first on this is our program on program guest. Yes. Our first on program yeah. guest. Yes, yeah. Our first call in so, guest was JMO, and he lost yes, his correct. privileges for that. And our first, so it's crazy. Our our first actual guest wasn't even to talk about sports. It was to ask about a naked guy. It was. I do remember that episode. That was a good episode. All right, so NBA playoff time. We just got uh, we got through the first weekend of NBA playoffs. I know like the bare minimum about the NBA. It's kind of where this time of year I go into like 
give a shit mode about playoffs because like playoff basketball is a lot of fun outside of the first round, which tends to be dull and shitty, but there's a lot of good first round matchups this year. Yeah, definitely. And first, let me start off by saying thank you, fellas, for having me on. I'm honored to be your first official guest. Oh yeah, well this this is uh, our pleasure. Is, you, you you will be you you are now talk offs NBA guy. So if we have an NBA question or we need gambling advice, we are we're coming to you. Well, you got my number, so <laughs> feel free to call him, producer Jake. Just wanted to shout out you. You've done it so amazing. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Thank you. But uh, yeah, let's get let's get into the first round. Um, so currently, the Heat leading the Bucks one zero. That was honestly kind of a big surprise, but not that big of a surprise when Giannis goes down middle of the game with a back yeah. So injury. what's the deal with that? Is, I, is Giannis like? Is he gonna play? Is he gonna play? He's yeah. To play. Okay. So like, there's down. no way he doesn't play. So, but and also, like, are the Heat like legit? And I'm gonna ask like really dumb NBA questions. So like, are the Heat like <laughs> good still? Because I know that they they were good when they when they had Butler going, but Hero's out now. So does that throw a wrench in the whole plan? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Hero is their third best scorer, just under Jimmy and Bam. Um, but him with a broken hand, he's out for the rest of the playoffs, so oh. he's done. Jimmy is always going to be a competitor, so he's always going to give them a shot. But I saw a Shams report about ten minutes ago that. Uh, Giannis should be back for game two, if not game two, definitely game three. So Yeah, so the Bucks are winning. He's fine. And yeah, the, so the Bucks are going to win that Yeah, series. the Bucks are going to take the series. I The Heat might be able to steal one more game in this, but Bucks in five or yeah. six. Can, can I sure. just say, this is why I hate the NBA playoffs, and, and, for, and for one reason. I always feel, actually for a couple reasons, but I always feel like one conference is way better than the other one. Like yeah. one side of the, one yeah. side is always way better. Like the West is like I feel like any team I could see any team from the West making the finals. The East I think I see two. Yeah, it's either the Bucks or the yeah. Celtics, and there's no question. And that's why I hate the NBA Finals. I also hate it because you get the East matchups like they are this year, like like Bucks Heat. Like I don't even think the Heat, like the Heat surprised me by winning the first game. I don't think they stand a, a lick of a chance to beat the Bucks. And then, like, Knicks-Cavs, that's going to be yeah. a great series just because Knicks-Cavs, but they're going to get wiped by the Bucks next round, so who gives a shit? I mean, The Nets the, don't deserve yeah. to be there, and then the Celtics C's, are going to eat Trey Young's gonna, yeah. butt. So, like, it's just stupid. They're going to pick his hair out thread by thread, dude. The guy can oh, only man, win ball. playoff games against the Knicks or play-in games. So, like, the Celtics... Like that's yeah. just stupid. The West is the way more interesting side of the playoffs. Like I think any one of those teams could beat any one of those teams in any series. And I think I could say that even for like the Pelicans and the Thunder who didn't even make it in through the play in. Yeah, no, I I hundred percent agree. I think the West is the more interesting side because the best teams aren't over there. Um I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, if the Nuggets made made it to the finals, wouldn't be surprised. But I also wouldn't be that surprised if, like, the Suns made it. Or, honestly, like, everyone's giving the Lakers a chance. I don't think the Lakers have a true chance. But if AD and Braun play like everyone knows they can play, the Lakers might even end up in the – in the Western Conference Finals, if not in the Yeah, I was going to say, like, if you think, if, if the Lakers make it out of the first round, which 
they, it kind of looks like they will at this rate because they, I mean, they, I, know, I know that the questions with AD's health now, but it looks like he's fine. And they really, it was a really convincing win over the Grizzlies. If they make it out of the first mm-hmm. round, like, do you think it's, it's, it's not a crazy thing to say, like they're, they're almost a damn near lock to go to the Western conference finals. Cause it feels like LeBron's always at least making a conference final. Yeah, I don't think that's a crazy thing to say at all. Um, the Lakers, like, especially with adding D'Lo, I think D'Lo is such a key piece for them. And then Rui Hashimara, or however you say his name, um, is also playing really well for them right now. I think the Lakers can make a run, especially because AD is playing the way he used to play back when he was on the freaking Pelicans, like, years ago. Like, if he can, if AD can not get injured, which he probably will at some point during the playoffs. Um, if he can not get injured, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, so correct me if all, I'm all wrong. Yanke- all Yankees and Cowboys fans would be so fucking happy that, that, <laughs> that, that, that the Lakers make it to the Finals this year. Correct me if I'm wrong, but after this round, don't they like – don't they like – it doesn't – like one doesn't play the winner of four, like one eight winner doesn't play four five winner, right? Like if one wins and seven wins, doesn't one play seven? Like don't they reseed or whatever? Yes. Do they? Is that yeah. new or has that always been a thing? Isn't it relatively? Well, I new? think that's always been the thing. Oh, really? Huh. But yeah, like so, like we could see some weird, like if the Nuggets win their matchup and and the the Lakers end up taking down the Grizzlies cuz is Ja playing or is, is he hurt or is he done No, oh, I thought he got hurt or some shit. Like, I I think he did, but I I don't really, I, I didn't actually end up watching that game, but I don't think it's serious mm-hmm. at all. I don't I think he'll at least come All right, but like even even Forget it. Even if the Lakers if the well, Lakers win that, then they have to play the number 1 seed Nuggets. They don't get to go play the winner of you know, Golden State, Sacramento. If that's Sacramento, then you can. No, they actually do. Sorry, I understood you wrong earlier. So if the Lakers beat the Grizzlies, they'll play the Kings. Or so they the don't recede. No, sorry. I could have sworn so, they did. Do you think Kings Warriors yeah. is going to be like a good seat? Like I, I loved that first game. That game was awesome. Fucking ruled. Yeah. And like having Sacramento have a good team, like. That stadium is so cool. I want to go to that arena as soon as possible. What do the Kings like? Do you think the Kings can win this series, or do you think like the Warriors are just kind of like 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 you think if this goes six or seven, like the Warriors are automatically going to win the series? No, I don't think they automatically win. I think this game, this series is going to go six yeah. or seven. Um, I mean, with Steph Curry. And Clay Thompson, almost anything. If they get hot, like the Kings might be screwed. But the Kings also, De'Aaron Fox has been playing some insanely yeah, well he's been playing basketball sick. the last few months. Malik Monk was a great addition to the team for them. He's all, him and De'Aaron Fox played ball Kentucky together. I mean, those two really play well together. And then, I mean, the rest of the team, like Sabonis, they, they just got other guys that are just just grinding it out almost to win these games. And it was a great game um, the other night. And I wouldn't be surprised if the Kings take the series in six, but I also wouldn't be surprised if it went seven. I don't see the Warriors winning it, but you know, with 
with Steph and Clay and Draymond and the whole Warriors team. I also hate Draymond. Same. Yeah, I don't like Draymond. Um, all right, good. We all hate Draymond. But yeah, anything. Oh, oh, speaking possible of that, what was that teams. bullshit that happened towards the end of the Kings game where Draymond went down? And I don't know the guy in the Kings because I don't, I don't know much about like the NBA. <laughs> Yo, that sucked when he was just laying on top of him and he couldn't get back on D. Yeah. What was that all about? That's a that's a classic Draymond. How, Draymond Draymond knows how to play the game well, and he knows these little stripes swallow little his whistle on that one. He can get there's away no, with. There's no call. It, it was like Sabonis was kind of holding Draymond, but Draymond was also locking Sabonis's arm in so that he couldn't move, and then he kind of fell back. Okay, on him. see. Those are kind of the calls that the NBA race refs have. Yeah, go. I like that. Now, now that now that Lemon added more context, I've now officially changed my opinion that let the boys play. Good, good, good. No yeah. call. I like it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Sixers, Sixers. What do we think about the Sixers? Like, is James Harden skinny, fat? Is he hey. good? Is he going to strip clubs? Is yes. Joel Embiid legit? Well, Joel Embiid is probably going to win the MVP. I think he was, he is the, I'm a Giannis hater. Everyone knows that. Um, I mean, Giannis is great, but I don't think he's the most valuable player in the league. I think Joel Embiid is, and I think James Harden is the perfect complimentary uh, player to him. James Harden knows how to find people, especially like Joel. And then he can also shoot, like shoot the shit out of the ball. Like he's, he can give you 30 on any given night. Right. So I think the 76ers are going to sweep the nets. I think the Nets just don't have enough pieces to get it done. I think Mikhail Bridges is going to play his ass off. And he'll probably average 25 in this series, but it's just not going to be enough. Well, how are the so, Nets even there? It would be so, but it would be, I think a lot of the, the heavy lifting was done by Kyrie and KD, right? Oh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, so Kyrie, KD, I think when they left, the Nets were already in position to be in the playoff. And then the back half of the East – no one kind of moved at the end of the season. So like three quarters of the way or whatever, when the trade deadline hit, the playoffs on the East were almost set pretty much, especially in that bottom Makes half. Makes sense. So gotcha. I actually have a very important question. I have an important Do answer. the Knicks have a chance? That series is going to go seven Ooh. Do the Knicks to. have a chance? It, they have a chance. I love those Knicks to beat the Cavs, but not you, go any. Further. You don't think they have like they don't have a slight chance over the Bucks? Like not even like a, a little bit. I mean, Julius Randle will have to guard Giannis the entire night, and he will have to put all of his attention on defense, and he will not be able to produce on offense That's true. if he does that. What if Giannis is scared of the Garden? The he could be the garden. The garden's an intimidating. I just place. want the Knicks to win it all, so I can go to the parade because that would be so fun. Like that would be very cool, but I don't know if they have it. What it takes? I mean, Josh Hart, great addition, fantastic. I like Jalen Brunson on that team. Jalen Brunson, freaking beast. He's a dog. See, like I hate them. I used to be an used to be a Knicks two. fan, but now they're just Villanova, so I hate them. Pack, those two yeah. and Julius Randle, like those are the three that if they're gonna do if they're gonna win this series, those three need to play lights out almost every single game because Donovan Mitchell is 
coming for that. That's true. He's definitely going to go off in the garden too. Oh yeah. Lemon, what do we think about the Celtics? We know you're, you are the Celtics guy. You are Connecticut's very own Celtics fan. What, what, what do we think? Um, Do we think this is the year? Like, I know this is the Tatum is eligible for a, a super max following this, this season. So is this the year where he kind of lives up to that Supermax hype and gets it done? I know the Celtics are fresh off a of finals appearance. Can can they go back to the NBA finals? I think so. I think so. Obviously, I'm very biased. I'm a diehard. But Celtics we like fan. we like biases. No, yeah, and like and my twin brother Brian Scalabrini, <laughs> obviously Boston Celtics legend, um, but. The Celtics, they have what it takes. I mean, like you said, Tatum and actually Brown will both be up for a super max at the end of this year. Uh, with the new rules, the CBA rules, uh, the Celtics don't have to give them the super max. They can offer them just a normal max. But obviously, they both will say no to anything less than the right. super max. They would eligible. be stupid to not. But yeah, but um, after watching game one against the Hawks, I mean, there's one thing that can kill the Celtics, and it's if they get complacent. Um, they were up 35 against the Hawks in game one at one point, and then they got a little bit complacent, and they took their foot off the gas pedal a little bit, and the Hawks came within, I want to say, 12. It could have been 10. Yeah, they made it a close but, game because I, like, I stopped paying attention because yeah. obviously like you're not going to pay that toast, close attention to a game that's a 35-point blowout. And then I looked up, and I was yeah. like, oh, shit, they kind of made this a game. Yeah, so the Celtics ended up winning by 15. Um, but yeah, I think the Celtics are win this in four, if not five. I don't know. Trey Young might go off one game. Right. Beating them by. There's one always points, a one that go, win by at least in four or five. Yeah. And then I think, honestly, like Celtics, if they win this, they'll play the 76ers, which has been a good back and forth all year with mm-hmm. them. I think Robert Williams. Can can guard Joel Embiid, but we also have the deepest bench in the league. Like we have four or five guys that can come off the bench, and they would be the first or second guy off the bench on any other team in the playoffs. Yeah, that's that's like, that helps. We are huge. so deep, and that's the key in the playoffs, and especially in the NBA. Like if you guys, if you don't have a deep bench, who you know, because Brown might Brown and Tatum might have an off shooting night. Okay, let's let's get Brogdon more minutes. Okay, let's. Let's get Peyton Pritchard in. Like, we got Grant Williams, Mike Muscala, Blake Griffin. Like, we have such a deep bench that all these players can come in and give us at least 15 points if needed. And I think that's what's really going to get the Celtics to the finals. And then the key thing is, obviously you mentioned this, they tasted the finals right. last year. They they tasted it. The Warriors obviously kind of came back and kicked their ass. Um and so I think especially Brown and Tatum, they're hungrier than ever. And it's giving them even more reason to not mess it up this year. Yeah, and Brown looks uh, scary with the, that mask that he's been wearing. So that just adds to – that kind of adds to the tail of the Boston Celtics in their road back to the finals. Yeah, and, the, and, and like MSG is great, don't get me wrong, but I think the TD Garden is almost harder to play. In it's very MSG. close. It's very close. It's, I think like you, you take two crazy fan bases and it's going to be hard to play anywhere in either Boston or New York. Yeah. 100%. Like Boston and New York definitely have the best fans in the entire country. But 
I think like the Boston atmosphere, even in game one against the Hawks was insane. And it's like, I, I personally, I need to go to a game because I need to feel, I wanted to inject that atmosphere into yeah, my veins because I, it got I, me so I don't doubt it. I can't, I can't imagine a, a playoff basketball atmosphere in Minnesota gets, gets the hair on the back of my neck standing <laughs> up. But um, no, I, I hear you. I'm, I, I will, if I could, I'd be in the TD, I'd be at TD garden and MSG for every one of those games just to be in the, that atmosphere. Uh, I had a question. Yeah. Suns dropped the first game in their series. Yep. Are what? What's your take on the Suns? Because I kind of like the Suns. I I I think KD is just such such a sick player to bet on. So when I'm formulating my futures picks, I think the Suns yeah. are a team I like to win the West. Yeah. So I actually have a future on the Celtics beating the Suns in the NBA. Ooh. Finals. So I, I said something smart. Um, uh, but I don't know. The Suns, I think the Suns kind of just lost it at the end of the game the other night. Um, I think the Clippers, they have what it takes to guard KD because of Kawhi and Paul George and Russ. Like those three, they know they, they all can all defend well and they can all defend one through four pretty much. Um, Russ has given this Clippers team a new energy and he's a beast. Like, yeah, he shot like three for 17 or three for 19 the other night. But he almost had a triple-double at the same time and had two key blocks at the end of the game. So, like, he might be the X factor for the Clippers. And if somehow the Clippers can beat the Suns, I wouldn't be that surprised if they made it to the conference finals. But at the same time, the Suns have KD and Devin Booker and Chris Paul. Like, it's going to be so hard for the Clippers to actually beat them in a seven game series. Yeah. And, but and Westbrook kind of looks like an idiot right there, now. a lot of the times he does. He does. But like sometimes the idiot helps the team the most. The sun's line right now to win the NBA finals is plus 500, which is third behind the bucks and the Celtics. And they have the best line to win the Western conference at plus two twenty five. I like it. So, Vegas is high on the Suns, so we all. Know I'm well sure they are because everybody wants. Everybody's going to put money on the Suns because they see Kevin Durant and they're like, "Oh, Ben, yeah, he's good at basketball." Yep. Okay. Yeah, and then um, Warriors Kings play tonight, so this will tonight will tell a lot about how the rest of this series is going to go. I will keep Seventy uh, Sixers and the Nets tonight. That's going to be another blowout by the Seventy Sixers. Let's see what else I got for you. I think the Heat Bucks game, Bucks series might be one of the more interesting ones. I'm telling you, I'd be surprised if this game. I'd be surprised if this. I wouldn't be surprised if this goes six. I would beat. I think the Bucks ultimately win, but the Heat, the Heat are dogs. They're gonna. That'd fight. be nice if they if they wore down the Bucks a little bit for the Knicks. That'd... Yeah, man. I mean, the Knicks are gonna be tied themselves. No, they're sweeping. They're sweeping. Oh, right, yeah. right. I forgot. My bad. All right. So just to wrap up, you know, the whole NBA playoffs, give me your Western Conference Finals. Who's meeting in the Western Conference Finals? Who's it going to be? Uh, honestly, I think it's going to be the Kings because I, I honestly really love the Kings right now. I think it's going to be the Kings. And I'm between the Suns and the Nuggets, 
but I just don't think the Nuggets have what it takes. So I'm going to go with the Kings versus Suns in the Western Conference Finals. All right. What about the East? Eastern Conference Finals. Obviously, we know you're going to have the Celtics in there. Who are the Celtics playing? Oh, yeah. The Celtics are yep. going to play the Bucs. Of course. It's, the East is easy to pick. Like The West, I could be totally wrong on the West, and I would not be surprised yep. at all. The East, if it's not the Celtics versus the Bucs, I'd be shocked. Makes sense. And then who you got? You got, you got then, the C's winning it all? I mean, the bias in me needs to. I mean, I'm a diehard C's fan. I bleed green, just like Daz over here who put on a Celtics jersey, I think. No um, one can say, and also, I am a Celtics fan for six weeks out of the year. I am going into pretend to give a shit mode about the Celtics. And don't say I'm not a fan because I'm wearing a fucking Gordon Hayward Celtics jersey, <laughs> I knew baby. that's what it was going to be. <laughs> so don't say yeah, I'm not a, so the the, I'm a diehard <laughs> when, the, when the flowers start to bloom, baby. In, in November, don't, you won't catch me at TD. <laughs> but, but, but in May, I'm in there like swimwear, baby. Let's go C's. Yeah, so like, kind of like I said on my future earlier, I think the C's are going to beat the Suns. I think... We have Tatum and Brown, <laughs> both guard Kevin Garnett. <laughs> Let's go! Let's go! Jake comes back right. with the Tatum jersey. Can we all, J- Jake? We need it's fu- it's future time on the Celtics. Come on! I'm so down around Celtics, Celtics. Suns. Celtics winning six games. Uh, bring the championship back to Boston. We're going to the Boston parade, Zach, Dude. So. You can get. I'm going. Just I'm it's going to be. Jordan. They're going to have a Celtics parade and then a Bruins parade back to back. Yep, because the Bruins, Ooh. the Bruins are the hottest we, team in the we, NHL. Set a record-setting 65 wins. I'm not the NHL guy. That's that's Jake, right, Mr. Jake. But the Celtics are at least bringing the championship. We're back going to, Boston. to the. We're going to the. I. I. I'm not going to the Bruins parade because uh, I. I have to go into pretend to give a shit mode about the the Rangers uh, now. So. Uh, we'll talk more about that on Thursday for our NHL playoff preview. But um, I am going all in on the Celtics, and I will be there in Boston if the Celtics win because I'm placing a massive wager on them to win. Massive wager. Which is, for me, is like 50. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> I, I put uh, I put one fifty on the Celtics to win the finals. Let's go. I think so. I think it I think it really is the Celtics year. It's it it's got to be. It's got to be the Celtics year. Who who they're gonna play? I have no fucking clue. But I think it's definitely the Celtics out of the East. I personally kind of like the Clippers though. I I kind of like the Clippers to beat the. I think whoever. The Suns Clippers, whoever wins that first round matchup, I think is going to go to the finals. Yep. So because the Nuggets. Because the Nuggets be are terrible. The Warriors, I just don't think they're going to go back-to-back. I don't think the Kings have good enough defense to win it all. I don't think the Grizzlies are healthy enough to win it all. And the Lakers, I hate LeBron James. So I think it's going to be either yeah. Suns or Clippers like, against the Celtics. And obviously, I'm rooting for the Celtics. Yeah, I think, like you said, the, the Kings are going to need to outscore all of their opponents. Because they're not going to be able to stop them. And then, I 100% agree with you. The Clippers, if they beat the Suns... They're going 100%. to make a run because PG, Kawhi, Russ, like they get the rest of the team, like Zubak, Zubak, whoever else they got on the squad over there. Like the West is so unpredictable. The East is so predictable. 
that like it's going to be a great NBA Finals. Whoever gets there, but give it, give me the Celtics, give me the Suns or the Clippers, and let's go Boston. Agreed. Perfect. Let's go seize. All right, Lemon. Well, thank you, thank you very much for coming on and giving us your uh, your NBA knowledge for a little bit. Uh, we will definitely be doing this again. So this is uh, this is this this will become a um, a, a re- Lemon will be a reoccurring guest when for all things NBA when we need him. So thank you, Lemon. We appreciate it. Thank you, fellas. Honestly, thank you both. I love the pod. I listen to it every Tuesday and Friday. Producer Jake. You're a great man. Keep doing what you're doing for the fellows over here. And fellas, it was great speaking with you. Let's go seize. Thanks, Lemon. Thank you, Lemon. All right, so that was that was Lemon with uh, NBA Talk. So now that we got our NBA Talk out of the way, and we were just talking about a lot of uh, a lot of picks, Zach. What do you say we get into some? Let's get into some picks. <laughs> by Riverside. I love that song. All right, picks picks for Tuesday, April 18th. Who would like to go first? I will. Can I go first? Can, me, me. Pick me. Uh, Zach, Zach, I believe Zach. Yes, Zach. Nice. All right. Pick my pick for Tuesday, April 18th is going to be St. Louis Cardinals. St. Louis Cardinals tomorrow facing the D-back 745 in St. Louis. They got Jordan Montgomery on the mound. Jordan Montgomery is one of the few Cardinals pitchers who has actually got off to a a solid start to the season. Two, four, five ERA, two and one. On the season, I like Jordan Montgomery. I like the Cardinals when they're playing at home. I think the D-backs have a a rough starter coming out. They don't have Merrill Kelly. They don't have uh, Zach Gallen. So I like the Cardinals tomorrow night. I am going to stay in the National League with my pick. I am going to take the San Diego Padres at home who are underdogs against the Atlanta Braves. Spencer Strider on the mound for the Braves. Blake Snell on the mound for the Padres. It's tough to pass up a team who's an underdog at home. I I don't know. I think I think with the with the thought of Tatis rejoining the squad in three days, I think this team could be a little bit rejuvenated. They're not off to the the hottest start. They're currently under five hundred, but I think look, y- you have a, a top team in the National League coming in. It's you're under 500, and I think the consensus around the team is it's it's time to to wake the bats up and start winning some ball games. I think that's exactly what the Padres are going to be doing. I am rolling with the Padres. I like it. Um, I'm really torn here because the Orioles Nationals. I mean, the Orioles overs have just been hitting at an insane rate right now, and uh, Orioles Nationals tomorrow is at nine and a half, which I just think is too many runs. Um, so I'm going to sprinkle that a little bit. That You could take that as my pick. Uh, but I'm also going to give you an NHL pick because the playoffs are starting. The Las Vegas Golden Knights are going to absolutely wipe the floor tomorrow night at home. Uh, they're minus 150. I might throw so much money on them. They're so good. And the Jets are just 
they're not going to they're not even going to touch them. So um, both of those are my picks for tomorrow. I like that, Jake. Roulette time. It is time for roulette. And while I get the roulette up for everybody listening out there, don't forget to come back for our episode on Friday. Producer Jake will be giving us his NHL playoff preview. We're going to go through all the NHL. Me and Chris might be the dumbest hockey bros out oh, there. Yeah. We don't know oh, shit yeah. about Not hockey. Negative, actually. So it's going to be. Offside? So it's going to be all producer Jake, baby. So come back for a producer Jake special on Friday. I will be in a Henrik Lundqvist jersey for that for that preview. So. I'm ready for a ticker tape parade in New York City, baby. Okay. We have to pick a number. 34 just hit. What are we picking? Or does someone want to pick a player? Uh, uh, nine. Nine. You know why I said that? I'm not even going to lie because I was scrolling through my feed and I was watching a video of Matt Fitzpatrick hitting that nine iron. Nice, comfortable nine iron for him. <laughs> that was a sick shot. That was a golf shot. Did, golf you, did you see that shot? Yeah. I know what you're talking about, yeah. And we're spinning, 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 we're spinning. I don't see number nine. Where is it? Did they take it off the wheel? There it is. I see it. Come on, number nine. Number nine. Hit the number nine. Ah, went right past nine. Fourteen. Damn it. Damn it. All right, one more time, one more time. Somebody else pick a number. Pick a number, pick a number, pick a number. Six. Hurry up. Six. 69. That's how many shots are on goal right now in this Boston-Florida game. Boston. Well, I actually do want to watch that. And we're spinning, we're spinning, we're spinning, we're spinning. spinning we're spinning. Dude, I swear spinning, to God, Jake, if it's spinning, six spinning. hits, I'm going to be really hyped. We're spinning, we're spinning. We're spinning. We're spinning. Still spinning. Oh, not looking good. Nope. Ten. Fuck. Oh. oh Should have done ten. Two is my limit. Two is my limit. God. All right. Well, damn Thursday. It. Thursday, we're going to get it. Thursday, we're going to get it. We are going to get it. So thanks, everybody, for listening to today's episode. Hope you enjoyed. And we will see you all on Friday for our J- producer, Jake. NHL playoff preview. Enjoy the rest yep. of your week and we'll see you on Friday. Love you guys. Get ready for NHL, bitches. <laughs> <laughs>